What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards, welcome to episode 110 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. So we are going back in the vault. I mean, we're always going back in the vault, but we're going back in the vault tonight. We are going back to the end of season three of Chicago PD, the season finale. Start digging. It's a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker. But as we were just discussing before we started recording, there are so many ramifications for the rest of, I mean, really the whole series up until this point or up until current day like that stem from this episode it's such a fascinating thing to art or track yeah oh it's crazy it's so emotional and it's gut-wrenching even you know three four years later however long it's been since it aired i didn't get to look at that i should have but yeah so um hey Bryna, did you know that we have t-shirts for sale now oh my god what yeah um meet us at molly's has launched a tea public store it is on tpublic.com duh um but yeah our logo t-shirt is now available it is for purchase i think it's about 20 dollars right now sometimes tea public will do flash sales and stuff like that and we'll let you know when that happens and you're listening to this on friday and we've also got two or no three new shirts available right yeah yeah hell yeah so um you know go get your your cast t-shirts uh, go get your podcast t-shirts, you know, support the show. would be awesome. Um, hopefully you guys saw our video recap last week of Chicago Justice Season 1, Episode 2. That was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, so, so yeah. much fun. Really, really fun. We pretty much just got drunk in my apartment and set the camera up and let it go. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, let us know if you like that, because the next time that we're together, we're going to shoot to do another one. So, yeah, please let us know. Um, but yeah, as always, you know... We like to start every episode with the news, and that's exactly what we're going to do. There's a lot of news because we haven't recorded an episode in, what, like two weeks? Maybe yeah, longer. I think so. Something like that. Okay. Two weeks, yeah. Something like that. So lots of news. First piece of news. Colin Donnell and Josh Sagara are returning to Arrow, while Charlie Barnett is also joining the Arrow cast. It's just a big one Chicago party over at Arrow. Yeah, it's like they want to ensure that I do a bonus episode on Arrow Season 8 for Meetus and Molly's or something like that. Like, I mean, damn. Does that mean I have to, like, speed binge Seasons 2 through 8? You mean 1 through 7? I've already seen Season 1. Oh, right. I mean... I don't know. I mean, 2 is, I think, Arrow's best season. Okay, but, like, who are you going to do a bonus episode with? myself i'm just gonna talk to the microphone are you gonna be like both roles and just like sit on the right side of the mic and then be like what did you think about that brina and then sit on the left and be like oh i thought it was so great brina i don't know i don't know like i feel like i need to do something about it but like i guess it also depends on how this goes like i don't know how long colin and josh are gonna be on it like obviously charlie's gonna be in it for a while he's a main character this season um i mean granted arrow season's only 10 episodes and i think it's slated to end in early january but, like, I don't know how long Colin and Josh are returning. Right. So, like, I don't know what makes most sense. I will definitely talk about it in some fashion, just because this is the best, like, one Chicago crossover outside of one Chicago ever. <laughs> um, and I love just, like, all three of these people. So I'm really excited. I, it also just, like, forces me now. I'm like, shit, I have to catch up on Arrow Season 7 because I'm behind. Charlie has a big role this season, doesn't he? Yeah, he's playing. So the way Arrow's kind of set up, now is that they kind of have this like present day stuff and then like a flash forward okay storyline so there's like two storylines like kind of running concurrent and he's gonna play diggle's son in the flash one of diggle's sons in the flash forward storyline okay and i think he's supposed to play again i'm not caught up on season seven but i think from what i've heard is this son that he's playing is not necessarily a good guy I don't know if he's like the villain but like he's not the best guy so it might be a very different role from what we've seen anything Charlie in anything we've seen Charlie in recently Mm -hmm. um so it could be interesting but I will definitely catch up on Arrow season seven because I mean duh 
all three of my faves. Our little Charlie's all grown up. See, he's like in everything right now. He it's really insane. is. Good for him, though. He deserves it. Seriously. But like, also stop working for a little bit so you can come back to fire. Okay, thanks. Just for, yeah, just for a little. We just, just want to see what you're up you to. We need you just free for eight days. <laughs> That's all yeah. we ask. Just come shoot an episode. You know, bring Mills' wife and kids because I know he's settled down. It's just, I know he's settled down. But yeah, just come back for an episode. Check in. See how things are going. That's all we want. We miss you. Terribly. And then, hey, Charlie, come by the pod. That's oh, my God, please. That's we want. Please. We can totally talk about Russian Doll because I love it so much. We will talk about anything and everything. So mm-hmm. come by the pod. Please. 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 Yes, that would be amazing. Amazing. Also, it kind of breaks my heart that Colin Donnell is now considered a One Chicago alum. Oh, my God. I know. It's awful. I hate it. I know. I mean, as you guys are, I mean, if you guys see the shirts that we made, we made basically just like up to present day so with like the casts moving forward but like the characters for each show which is like a simple tea but the fact that i had to leave Rhodes off of it is like heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah yeah and we'll we'll go back and we'll make more additions with you know past seasons and things like that but for now we're just right. kind of rolling with the current one but ugh, but still like that broke my heart mm-hmm. yeah broke oh. my heart it's just wrong not cool and yeah. josh cigar of course is a big part of tonight's episode but like i thought he, he I mean, he died a lot earlier in this episode than I thought. I thought he stuck around a lot longer. Mm-mm, no. Well, he he was injured pretty early on in the episode. Right. Yeah. But, he, like, he he died then. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. He didn't die, but he was, like, dead at that point. Yeah. So, lots of one Chicagoness happening on Arrow. Yeah. Another bit of news. Paul Adelstein is joining Chicago PD. So if you've ever seen the show Private Practice, he was on that. He's also been in like a ton of other stuff too, right? Prison Break? Maybe? I think so. Is that a show I need to binge? It's pro- it probably is. I've never seen it. I don't know. But I feel like I remember seeing the words Prison Break next to his name in the announcement. I could be wrong on that though. Yeah, yeah. So he's been in a ton of stuff. But uh, he's joining the cast as the new superintendent. So. Superintendent. Interim superintendent to replace Kelton, who, if you don't remember, which I don't blame you because I've tried to block the season finale from my mind too, Kelton was murdered <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be interesting too to see how that develops. Maybe he'll be a good guy. That's funny. I just said something funny. He won't be a good guy. Yeah, he works for headquarters. He can't be a good guy. He can't be a good guy. Nope, 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 nope. So, yeah, that's a bit of news there. Um, elsewhere, filming has begun. Yes, thank God. So much behind-the-scenes content, and it's just, oh, I've missed it so much. And it's been mostly from Miranda Mayo and Annie Alonza. I, I'm not complaining, though. No, they. it's been such gold. It's been so good. It's just, oh, my favorite one still is the Miranda one with Jesse and Taylor. Like, wa- she's, like, walking behind Jesse and Taylor, and it's, like, the... Secret lovers. <laughs> it's just so good. Amazing. It's been fantastic. So yes. Um, and we've also had, like, f- certain fans will take vid- pictures and videos and stuff, and they'll post them online. And we've gotten a little bit of a scoop from that. Yeah. Um, Eloise Mumford has been back on set. I'm a duck while everybody throws things in rage. <laughs> But, like, everybody calm down, because, yeah, Eloise Mumford has been back on set, meaning Hope does make a return. However, however, said return is in Fowlerton. Yeah. So she's not coming anywhere near Kelly. As far as we know. Yeah, right. It doesn't mean that they can't road trip back to Chicago and show up at the firehouse. I'm just saying. Sylvie Brett, I swear if you put Hope in that car. (laughs) I'm just saying. I think, yeah, I think the fact that we see her in front of a sign that says Fowler 10 makes me feel a lot better about her return. But like until it actually, we see it happen and see like what unfolds, I'm still a little hesitant. Right. I did love the rage text you sent me and you were like, (laughs) she's freaking back. And I was like, Bryna, look at the fire truck behind her. She's in Fowler 10. And you were like like, seven in the morning though. Yeah. In my defense, it was like seven in the morning. <laughs> you, you were just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Will you take us through the next bit of news, please? Yeah. So because filming's back in session and we're slowly starting to get more and more news, 
we have episode titles. Yes. Um, so Chicago Med, the first episode of season five is going to be titled Never Going Back to Normal, which. That's concerning. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that has to do more with the Connor and Ava stuff than anything, but like also just super concerning in general. I was worried it was going to have something to do with Natalie. Or Maggie. Ah! I know. I don't like this game anymore. Anyway. Yeah. But super concerning nonetheless. Um, episode two is going to be titled, is that the, I've been trying to look at this for a while. Is that the mot, the moat, the mot, the mot? The moat. The moat. Okay. It's something you put her, it's like a river that goes around a castle to. Right. I used to know that's how you spelled it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. The moat and the beam. I don't know what the hell that means, but okay. Sounds like something profound that Dr. Charles would try to say. Probably. (laughs) Um, So then we move on to Chicago Fire, and the first episode of Fire is called Sacred Ground, which, dear lord. I didn't know they could do an episode about the Linstead couch. (laughs) 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 That's funny. (laughs) So then episode two is titled A Real Shot in the Arm, and I swear to God, if someone gets shot again, I, I cannot. I know. Um, and then we've got four episode titles for PD, which is interesting. Um, we've got episode one titled Doubt, which makes sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two is Assets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three is Initiation. And four is Brother's Keeper. I mean, the PD titles could be about anything. I mean, the Doubt one's the only one that makes sense, just obviously because it's going to be, I'm assuming, Doubt around who killed Kelton. Yeah. But I don't know what the other ones mean. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. It's too, it's too early to speculate. I don't have the energy to speculate right now. I'm sure as more stuff comes out, we can bounce around ideas and see how ridiculous they get. Yeah. So the last bit of news. Oh my goodness, y'all. Jason Begay is going to the Chicago Heroes event. Say what? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason will be there Sunday only, but still, Jason freaking Begay is going to the con. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just still speechless. I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm speechless. I have so many questions. I never knew I wanted to ask him until they announced it. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I need to meet Jason Begay. Yeah. Well, then... I don't remember. It might have been one of the twins, Keisha or Kellis. I don't remember who said it. But in, like, the Facebook group, someone was like, oh, my God, we should get it, try to get Josh Zagara and get, like, the father-son duo. And I was just like, especially because we were talking about this episode, I was like, oh, my God, I need that in my life. I don't know if I would want a photo op of me crying in it. <laughs> I just, like, that was a duo that I was like, I didn't know I needed that until someone suggested it. Like I said, I think it was Keisha or Kels, but, like, oh, my God. I know. That photo op would literally just be me, like, having them hug and me be off to the side, like, "Ah, I'm so sad. Yeah. Oh, man. But yes, Jason Begay, he will be there Sunday only. Get your tickets, get your autographs, get your photo ops. I have so many questions for him. A lot that probably stem from this episode. (laughs) Yes. So, buy your tickets. That's about all we've got on the news. As always, guys, you know where to find us. Or not even you know where to find us. Just send us news. You know the drill. I'm getting all my blurbs mixed up. It's been a week, y'all. Um, yeah. So if you see news anywhere, send it to us. You guys are really good about that. You know how to get it to us. Paper, airplane, text. Not text. I don't know. I'm trying to be funny and it's not working. So. All right. So I think it is time to dive into the episode. What do you think? Yes, please. Dare I say the saddest episode of PD ever? I think so. I'm trying to think. On the Yes, okay. The, on a technicality. Because Nadia did not die on PD. Oh, true story. Nadia died on SVU. Right. So, yes, by a technicality. If Nadia had died on PD, I would say that was the saddest episode. But Nadia died on SVU, so technicality. This is the only episode of PD where I have actually shed tears. Oh my god. I was trying not... I rewatched this on the train back um, from home. And oh my god, I was trying not to cry so hard. It's it's a brutal one. Well, this time there was one part that didn't make me cry the first time, but makes me cry now. But we'll get there. I'll explain that. 
yeah, it's just, it's a heartbreaker. And I just remember the day after this aired, just being so in my feels about it. And I was just like, Justin Boyd died. And like, he's fictional, but I feel this. Yeah. It's also just wild to think like this was the last season finale. Like I started watching live the season or season four. So like this was like where I left off Mm -hmm. that like summer. And so I just sit on this like everyone else on the summer and was like, fuck, like, damn, I actually what? what, Huh? I completely agree with you, though, that you can totally split the show in two halves and it can be like pre Justin and post Justin. And Justin has nothing to do with that. It's just the, the, the implications that come from what Boyd did. Right, and we can talk about that at the end, but yeah, it's like, I didn't realize it until I was watching it back and, like, obviously thinking back on, you know, season six and even season five to an extent, but, like, it really is two different shows, but not where everyone thinks it is. It has nothing to do with the showrunners. It has to do with this episode, which is just so fascinating to think about. Yeah, it's just this, it's the story. It is purely driven by what happens in this episode. That is what splits it, and that's just... It's wild. I, it's not something I realized when we picked this episode, which, because, like, spoiler alert, we kind of picked this episode because we were hoping to get Josh on the podcast, and that's why we were trying to pick this. We were trying to pick an episode that we could maybe tie into it. And we're still hoping that maybe that'll work, just not right now. But we were like, oh, yeah, we'll still do this episode anyway. It's a good one. Why not? And then I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, this is the perfect episode to do right now. Mm-hmm. Side note, Josh, if you're out there, we would love to talk to you. Yes, please. A lot of what he's done, like, overlaps with both of our interests. Like, the Broadway part. Like, the Arrow part. Yeah. The Orange is the New Black part. Like. Oh, my God. But, yeah. yeah, So, it's just interesting because I would have never thought about the ramifications unless we had picked, unless we hadn't picked this episode. But, like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit is right. It's crazy. So, the episode starts and it is Daniel's first birthday. Y'all remember Daniel? Justin's baby? Oh, TBT did that whole thing. Oh, my God. I know. And it's his first birthday. Daniel is cute as a button. And along with Daniel, we get Grandpa Voight. <sighs> Softy Hank. It's like two scenes of Hank being a grandfather, but it is like the purest, sweetest thing. And I think it's the only time in show history we've ever seen him smile. Right. And if Hank is around this child, he is like just... As soft as a roll of toilet paper. Like, just, like, pure love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's just jello. Like, yeah. oh, my heart. And then, of course, Hank gives him the birthday present, and it's one of Justin's old baby toys. Oh, my God. All the tears. Oh, I know. Just, it, it, hmm. My heart. My heart is already breaking, and we're about two seconds into this episode. Yeah. And then they bring up, fuck, what is, do we ever know Floyd's wife's name? Camille. Right. So they bring up Camille, too, and Justin's like, I wish mom was here, too. And Aaron's like, she would be so proud of you. And it's just like, oh, my God. Can we not, please? No, I both love – well, I do kind of love that they've never really told us a lot about Hank and Camille because it just kind of leaves a lot to be desired and it leaves a lot to the imagination. I imagine that they had just an epic love story. Oh, my God. Yes. The way that – not Hank – well – like, people have asked Jason about this in the past, right? Like, if he'll ever have another love interest or anything. And Jason will always say, he's like, I think Hank is still very much in love with his wife. And you can kind of tell that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so Definitely. it makes me think that they just had an epic love story and nothing will ever come close to that again for him. No, and I mean, think the only person who's ever come that close and not even, I mean, that's not even that close is Olivia. But that's not even, like, that close. Like, not even in the ballpark. That's, like, the parking lot of the ballpark. Right. And maybe even further than that. It's but the like, furthest lot of the parking lot of the ballpark. Right. And she's, like, the closest thing they've ever even tried to do with that. hmm yeah. So. Yeah. And, I mean, years ago, like, season three, season four, Gina would be like, yeah, I totally ship Olivia and Hank. I don't know if I ship it now. I don't ship it. I mean, if they were to ever go back there again... Would I hate it? Probably not. But, like, do I ship it and do I want it back? Nah. They would never work, though. Hank is Mr. Chicago and Olivia is Miss New York. Like, it would never work. Right. And it's like a cross-show thing. It would never work. But I'm just saying, like, if they were to ever go back there, would I hate it? Probably not. Would Do I ship it now? No. Mm. They can leave well enough alone. Hank is fine where he is. I mean, 
But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Hank and Camille probably had an epic love story. Somebody write that fanfic, please. Please. An epic Void and Camille prequel. Please. Oh my God. And then you have to have teenage Justin and teenage Aaron in there and like the whole thing. Oh my goodness. Need it in my life. Oh my goodness. And Justin was probably just like a huge troublemaker in high school. Right. And, and so was have, Lindsay. Right. Yeah. Because you have Aaron who's like, you know, in a new space and like probably a terrible human or acting all crazy because she doesn't want to be there. But then they still love her anyway. It's just all the things. All the things. Somebody just please write that fan fiction. Just make it a one shot. Right. Satisfy our curiosity. Please. Give us vignettes. Whatever the hell you want. Just give us something. Oh, my goodness. I, I would love that so much. We need to keep a list of all of these, like, fanfic ideas that we've come up with. Well, I still have the Sephiroth one written down somewhere that we talked about in an episode. Nice. But I don't remember the details. I'd have to go back and find that episode. I don't remember it either. I do want to read the one shot in the AU where Nadia goes to Wilmington and runs the Hooks restaurant with Mills. with Mills. Yes. Yeah. Or the AU one shot where Nadia and Mouse in a previous life just... Nadia Mouse forever. Well, no, that does exist, though. That does exist. Somebody sent that to us. Because remember, that was like the first fanfic that we had asked for when we started the pod. Oh, yeah. Right. I and forgot. But they you have, can like, never have enough Nadia Mouse. At a coffee shop or something. It was adorable. You can never have enough Nadia Mouse, though. Oh, my God. I love that Mouse was in this episode. I just... Can he come back, please? I know. It's... Ugh. I know. Especially now that Ruzik's in jail. Who's doing their computer stuff? Kevin. I just Kevin. We also just need more bodies and intelligence. Like I was making that shirt. We don't have many names. Yeah. Um. How do we apply to be an intelligence? I think you and I could do it. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We'd fit right in. We'd just be like Halstead. Like, show me how to work the gun. Cool. We're we're ready. Let's go. Yeah. I got. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. We don't got this, but it's fun to dream. <laughs> Plus, Voight scares me to death, okay? All it would take would be one time of him just, like, yelling in my face and being like, we had one shot! But Voight might not be running intelligence. Oh, good point. Good point. Okay, but we, we wouldn't make it far either because we'd be lusting after Jay the whole time. Eh, semantics. And Haley would just be like, focus, hello! Like... <laughs> Semantics. Semantics. And then we'd also be wasting time because we'd be like, Kim, Kim, doesn't Adam look really good today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'd be stupid, too busy trying to hook Atwater up with somebody. Oh Lord. my God, for real though. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, so um, Kevin, the, uh, the the administrator over at Med, Maggie, she's pretty cute, right? Right. Yeah, totally. Uh, we, would, we would get nothing done. We would just be like. <laughs> no, we'd be very successful. Just In... not at PD part. Okay, we, we'd get Berzik back together. We, we would be very good matchmakers. Actually, though, yes. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, very good matchmakers. And then we would make sure that Stellaride stayed together. Um, that we got Casey and Brett together. Yes. That. But I'm not going to Fowlerton to chase her down. You know she's not going to stay away from Chicago that long. Have we placed our bets yet of how many episodes this is going to last? We did. Yeah. We did that in the last episode, didn't we? Yeah. I said, like, five, but I also want to say the mid-season finale, but I don't know how many episodes that would be. So, like, five or either the mus- or where the mid-season finale. Did you almost just say musical? I don't know what I just almost said. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but I will take a with Chicago musical, too, if Derek wants to give it to me. Mm, careful what you wish for. But, like, a parody one, Chicago Musical. Uh, a parody as in, like, Marina and Patty doing it for fun on YouTube. No. Oh, you know what we need? We need a one Chicago episode or oh, episode of Chicago Fire where the score is dictated by Miranda. Oh, my God. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> where Miranda just makes, like, the most epic playlist that, like, plays throughout the whole episode. Like, she, like, yeah. just, like, the eight, and then her ADR session or whatever, she's just like, oh, no, you know. This song by Earth, Wind, and Fire should play here. I'm just, like, making shit up now. But, like, that's how she, that's what we need. I'm legit curious if her taste in music is that good or she just types in whatever she's feeling when she's searching for music and just hits whatever song looks right. I don't know. But if her taste in music is that good, we just need her to make the most, like, epic playlist. I know. I just want to hand my phone to her and be like, make me a Spotify playlist, Miranda. Please. I know. I just, when I grow up, I want to be as cool as Miranda. But actually, though, for real, I know. 
So where were we? <laughs> we we got to the first point. <laughs> we did. We did. So Justin and Hank, they sit down and talk. And Hank casually is like, I know you were in town in the last episode, however long ago that was. And he's just kind of giving Justin that look. And Justin's like, Dad, like, don't. Don't do it. It's my son's birthday. Like, don't dad me to I'm death. I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, I'm not a kid anymore. I can handle my own business. Like, okay, just I'm going to cry it out for later. Thanks, Justin. Um, but yeah, so the case starts and there is a dead girl found in the trunk of a car that was parked in a park. And this is like an SVU death. This is pretty brutal. Yeah. It's bad. She's got her, like, her throat slit. Her fingernails were removed. Like barbed wires involved it's a total svu death it's awful um yeah so she her name is melissa she's 26 the car belongs to her ruzik and alinsky go over to her place and they meet the neighbor who is watching melissa's daughter tegan and so we basically learned that tegan's father peter was in the army and he was killed about a year ago important information for later yes 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 So meanwhile, Voight has a meeting at headquarters with the higher-ups, and this isn't like your normal, like, long table, everybody in their dress blues, like, firing squad type deal. This is like super small conference room, round table, Deputy Crowley, and a bunch of other, you know, higher-ups that we've never really seen. And they sit down to meritoriously promote Hank to lieutenant. It's so stupid. (laughs) I I think it's stupid because Hank sees right through their bullshit. And Hank's, instead of Hank being like, well, okay, he's just like, you're trying to take proactive cops off the street. Like, don't bullshit me. Right. Especially because their first thing out of their mouths before they say that they're going to meritoriously promote him is that the the department's implementing all these new policies about, you know, to to help boost public morale and all these things. And it's like, Hank Voigt doesn't care about this shit. Oh, Hank gives no fucks. Right. Hank Voigt gives no fucks. So, like, just, yeah, it's just he can see right through it. There's a sticker for the T Public store. Hank Voigt gives no fucks. Mm-hmm. No fucks. Fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, and so Hank's just like, I see what you're doing. You know, you're trying to take the proactive cops off the street. And Crowley's like, whatever you think. You should probably take it. So Crowley's pretty much just like, yeah, we know. Like, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Just take the damn promotion. Yeah. I think it's funny because you know all those higher-ups just hate him. Yeah. And he's like, and at one point Void even says, he's like, so, all our past problems are just water under a bridge? Like, (laughs) you remember all those times you almost fired me? And now you're meritoriously promoting me? Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, this makes sense. Whatever. So we go back to intelligence. We're in the bullpen. Everybody's kind of breaking intel. And in walks Roman for the last time. TBT to Roman's last day, y'all. I totally forgot about this, probably because I, I hated him. We all know that. Yeah, I blocked all of this out of my brain. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody says goodbye to him like they actually cared that he was around and didn't make their lives absolute hell. But whatever. <laughs> They're all being civil. And then Roman goes up to Adam and is like, and I shouldn't bitch about this because like it actually is pretty classy, but Adam's like, you know, or, or Roman, he's like, yeah, I know it wasn't always pretty between us, but you're good police and I'll always respect that. And Adam just like stands up and shakes his hand and that's that. What I really wish had happened was Adam stand up and just punch him. Yeah, but this was probably Roman's only really likable moment or one of them. Because One of the leaving? very few. No, just like you said, it was a kind of a classy move. Like, he didn't have to do that, but, like, he did, and he was the bigger person, and, you know. Like, again, one of the only likable things Roman's probably ever done. To me, I think Adam was the bigger person for not decking him. I just really wanted Ruzik to punch him, okay? But he can't really be that upset. I mean, we've gone over this, but, like, I don't think Adam was necessarily a bigger person in this moment only just because he and Kim weren't together. Yeah, I that is the sour note there is that the only reason they never saw eye to eye was because of Kim. And that's just like petty on Adam's part. Right. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? So I was like, oh, okay, Roman, good move. 
Good move. I just, I can't let it go. I need to learn how, but I just can't. I can't let it go. No shame in that. No. He's been gone four seasons now, but nope, can't let it go. No, three seasons. I can't math. Yeah, three seasons going into our fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Roman runs into Burgess in the hallway, and he tells her that he's changed his mind about his offer, and he wants her to stay. Now, this is one episode after the infamous, I love you, probably. How have we never heard that on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Um, the closest that we've gotten to I Love You Probably was just like Juan Pablo, who is the fucking worst bachelor we've ever had. And that says a lot because I hated Ben Flanick too. But Juan Pablo just kept telling people, he's okay. <laughs> and that he li- like, he literally told his final girl, the girl that he left the show with and was not engaged to, but they were together for a little bit. That he really liked her. Please do your Juan Pablo impression again. He's okay. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, he's Latin, so it works. I was trying to do my accent. It works. It's fine. Don't judge me. I'm not judging. I love it. He's okay. P.S. Are you going to go see The Bachelor live on tour? It's not coming anywhere near here. <gasps> Boo, it's coming here. Oh, it's coming to Richmond, which is like two and a half hours away. So, no, I will not be spending my money to go see it. Oh, my God. I can send you and Charlie to go see it. Although, I'll probably <laughs> tag along because if you guys have not heard, which you probably haven't because we haven't recorded in two weeks, Bryna and my wonderful boyfriend, Charlie, have turned me into pure bachelorette trash. Yes! Yeah. Because this season is the fucking best. I'm absolute trash now. Like, I'm the one who's rage tagging them on Monday nights being like, this pee is the worst! Hannah, forever and ever and ever. I fucking love her tyler c forever and ever and ever tyler my heart i really am secretly hoping they pick mike for the bachelor yeah i'd be okay with that or pete i'm not totally sold on peter but like i'd also wouldn't be mad if peter was the bachelor do you see what bryna and charlie have done to me they've turned me into a monster and and not only am i watching it but i'm also listening to a podcast that comes out days later called will you accept this rose with arden marine it's pretty good it's funny you created a monster. I know, and I'm so proud. And I will be watching Bachelor in Paradise, and I hate you for it. Yes! Yeah. It's a, it's an even bigger shit show. Get ready. We've got to find a date and time to get Charlie on the podcast so we can record a bonus episode about it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is my life. My, my, my precious boyfriend watches The Bachelorette in Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. So... Yeah. God, Roman would have been, like, a really good contestant on The Bachelorette. He would have been super dramatic. No, he gives me too many Jake Pavelka vibes, and nobody needs that in their lives. I remember Jake only from, like, because I, I, I had a brief stint with The Bachelor, because in Brad Womack's second season, there was a girl on that season who I actually went to middle school with. And so I was like, I've got to watch this. Um, her name was Lindsay. She had red hair. She didn't last very long. Oh. Um, but, yeah, no, I... I had a second where I was like, oh, I got to watch this because if she's going to make a fool of herself, I need to see this. And she didn't last very long. So I had a brief stint with The Bachelor and I remember Jake Pavelka being an absolute douche. And it sucks because he's from here. He's from my hometown. So that sucks. Yeah, but Roman kind of gives me Jake Pavelka vibes. So not about that life. Who on Chicago PD would make the best Bachelor? Kevin Atwater. Oh, my God, he would. 100%. I love it. Guys, I'm sorry. We are so wheels off tonight. It's just we're in that mood. Just got to roll with it. Just just, we're going with it, guys. We're just going with it. Yep. Yep. Kim as a bachelorette would take absolutely no shit. She'd be good. I still think Kevin would be the best lead from these shows. Yes. 100%. And in the hometown, he, like, takes them to the intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can see it now. And they have to meet Voight. That's I just imagine Voight, Voight just kind of doesn't come out of his office. And he's just like, what the hell are these kids doing? Oh, my God. It'd be great. It would be great. Be and Ruzik would probably, like, grill the girl and just be like, so what are your intentions? Like, <laughs> It'd be so good. Oh, it would be so, so good. <sighs> So anyway, (laughs) Roman runs into Burgess in the hallway and he is basically like, yeah, and we already went over that. He's, he's changed his mind. He wants her to stay or he wants her to stay in Chicago. And Burgess is like, yeah, I was going to tell you the same thing because you're fucking ridiculous. And any guy who says, I love you probably is not worth my time. 
My favorite thing, though, about her line, though, is she's like, because this is where I belong, like, being a cop. And then Roman's like, do it for the both of us. And it's just like, what the fuck? Well, and yeah, and I like how he was trying to be poignant. And, like, as soon as he says it, Burgess is like, okay, whatever. And it just is completely forgotten. But then they have, okay, but then they have this kiss. And it's just like, ew, gross. Yeah, ew, gross indeed. Also, can we please address how Julie Tay has more of a long-lasting impact on Burgess than Roman? And Roman was with her for two seasons. And Julie was with her for, like, four episodes. Oh, my God. Oh, Julie Tay. I literally forgot about her until my mom mentioned her the other day. It's unfortunate. She could have been good. I know. Wild. But yeah, we haven't had a Roman mention, like, ever. It's a good thing, though. I mean, but, like, weird. Like you said, like, weird. Yeah. I forgot he was in this episode. (laughs) I did. Because he's only in it for a scene, and that's what's interesting to me, is that, like, his exit only really gets, like, a scene and a half. But it's perfect. I think it's because they had so much to talk about, though, with the case. Like, the case was so heavy. There was so much to figure out yeah yeah so melissa's dad comes to the district and tells al that she had been acting differently the last couple months and you know she'd been asking him to watch tegan more but he lives two hours away like it's really weird so upstairs mouse tells jay that he found something he hands him a folder and is like you should see this and jay's like why are we whispering and then he looks at it and he's like oh shit So Jay goes inside to Boyd's office and it turns out that Melissa's phone records show that she knows Justin and there have been like 20 phone calls and texts going back and forth between them. So Hank gets on the phone and he calls Justin and this is another one of those instances where I'm like, this is why I don't think Voight respects Jay is because Voight gets on the phone and Jay's like, has he mentioned anything about this girl? And Voight goes, don't you think that if I knew I would have told you? Yeah, but I think, too, I think, it. yes, it could be tied back to Voight not respecting Jay. But I also think that's more of just, like, I would have probably had that same reaction if I was in Voight's shoes. And someone I loved was not answering the phone and was maybe tied to a murder. Like, I probably would be acting the same way. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So I don't know if that's, but, like, you could also say it is him disrespecting Jay, but, like, I don't really think that's what it is in this particular scene. I just don't like the way he talks to him in the early seasons. Yeah, which is why that scene, the season six finale is so fucking wild to see how far we've come. Yeah, it's crazy. I wonder what will happen in 701. Like, will we see Joy, or will we say, I almost said Joy. Oh, God, it's been a week, y'all. Um, yeah, I, will we see Jay running the un, the unit? Like, what's going to happen? Curious. I don't know. I just miss them a lot. Ready for it to come back. Oh my God, so ready. I just miss them. I just want to know what they're doing. Like, yeah. 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 And so the last call from Melissa to Justin was half an hour before Melissa died. And so now they can't find Justin. So they basically, they go to the house. Olive and Daniel are there, but Justin's not. They track the GPS on Justin's car and Hank and Aaron find him. And this just breaks my heart. Oh my goodness. And this is probably the end of, I think, probably the first act. So we're, you know, we're in the first half of the episode. And so they track the GPS in Justin's car and they find him in the trunk and he's tied up and he's been shot in the head and he's like barely alive. Yeah. Uh, And then Hank, like, we see a lot of, we see a lot of emotion out of Hank in this episode that we never, ever, ever see elsewhere in the series. And it's just like, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and arguably, except for maybe Al's death, but even then, like, have never seen since. Hank was really stoic when Al died. Right. But, like, emotional, but stoic. Very, but yeah, not very like into this, the last But scene. not like this. And not, but not like this. Right. No, right, right, right. And so, I mean, but I, I guess it begs the question, if he's with anybody else but Aaron when they discover Justin, I mean, he probably reacts the same, right? It's his son. He probably does. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Yeah, it's just heartbreaking. And, like, you know, Hank is, like, cradling his head, and it's just, he's, like, freaking out, and it's a lot. It's really sad. Yeah. Oh, so they get to med, and, you know, Hank is back in, like, full Hank mode, and Aaron's there, and then Olive arrives with the baby, and Hank is just, like, he's back in his mode, and he's just yelling at Aaron. He's like, get everybody back to the 21st. Like, let's go. He goes off to the basement and stuffs it with cash. Okay, so this is one of the first questions I have for Jason McGay. Where did all of this cash come from, Hank Voigt? 
Well, I think part of it's his dirty money from over the years, I well, think. No, it's, it's entirely his dirty money, but I just I want to know specifics. I'm curious. Yeah. And then he took the money and he put it in a trust for Daniel. Dun, dun, dun. I know. I just, I have questions. I don't know. There's a lot yeah. of stuff about Hank Floyd I want to know. Goodness. So yeah, so Antonio's running point, or at least Antonio thinks he's running point at the 21st, but Hank walks in and so Hank didn't even take all of the money, okay? Let's also point out one thing though. So in that safe, there's like a, there's a disc, there's like a computer disc in there. Like what's on that disc? There's like a ton know. of other stuff in there. I'm like, what what is in Hank Void's safe? I would like to know. Who knows? I know. And there used to be like a folded up flag in there. But it was in there before Justin died. So was his father in the military? Like, who was in the military in his family? That's a great question. I don't know. I, I, these are. I, I just want to know. I just. <laughs> yeah. So Hank doesn't even take all of the money out of the safe. He only takes a portion of it. He gets back to the twenty-first, dumps it on the table, and he's like, "There's ninety grand." Yeah. It's a shit ton of money, dude. Yeah. But okay, going back though, real quick, something I think. I didn't realize until I was watching this episode. Mm-hmm. Why was Antonio always Hank's second in command and not Al? I noticed that too. And I, I, I think that's weird too. I just, I, I don't know. Like Al certainly has way more seniority than Antonio and they're both detectives. So it's not like a ones, they're different ranks. Like they're both just detectives. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I've always wondered that too. And boy, obviously clearly trust, Al more than Antonio that's just even though they got their relationship was better as the seasons went on it still was never the Al level so why was it always Antonio in second in command I wonder if Al just knew that he was always better as a right hand maybe and that's kind of what I thought that maybe Antonio just had better leadership skills Mm -hmm. but it was just something I realized that like really struck me this episode and I was like wait what yeah I always thought that was weird too though yeah. I never liked when Antonio was in charge. That's fine. I just didn't. I don't know. But Hank basically puts the money down. And he says, he's like, I don't need condolences. I need commitments from each of you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to find whoever did this. Anyone who's not comfortable with that should take the next couple of days off. Could you imagine being that asshole who, like, takes days off knowing what's about to go down? But no one in intelligence ever does. Like, it's the same thing they always say. And I love that because that's just the intelligence motto. But, like, no one ever does. I just, yeah. I would be, like, I would be absolutely terrified of Void if I worked for him. Just, oh yeah, yeah, truth of the matter. I might be terrified of Jason Begay when I meet him. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I might just be like, hi, please don't shove my face against a stove. Like... (laughs) Oh, my God. We'll get to that. But, like, dear Lord. Oh, I know. I know. So, meanwhile, while this is going on, Sophia Bush is putting on, like, a master class in crying on camera. Because this entire scene, she's been crying. So good. So good. I know. And she makes it look super pretty, which, like, what's your secret? So good. I look like a balloon when I cry. You know, whatever. But, you know, she she basically, like, kind of walks after him and she's just like you have a grandson now like just remember that but she's crying the whole time and she just makes it look like pretty and gorgeous and it's like how yeah good job Sophia good stuff (sighs) Bryna take it away please yeah so then we go to the social club and Hank goes there and basically wants to know if Mickey who's the guy who told Hank last week or last episode at least that Justin was in town and basically goes up to him is like I want to know if you saw Justin with anyone when you saw him a few weeks ago and Mickey ends up telling him that he was with a girl not Olive who needed money and that the two of them got into an argument with another guy and all they he heard Mickey heard him called with Ginger and then Hank turns to Carmine and it's like, I may need a favor at some point. Carmine's like, whatever you need. And just like, RIP to Carmine in real life. Yeah, if you guys missed it, um, it was on Brian Luch's Instagram, I think last week. But the the actor who plays Carmine in real life, his name, his name was Carmine. He actually passed last week. So that's sad. Yeah, RIP to Carmine in real life. I always found Carmine kind of intimidating too. I just, I want to know, like, I have so many questions about this social club. I know. Yeah. So many questions. 
So many questions. And like, I can't imagine Hank proactively going to a social club to interact with other people. No. I just, so many questions. I know, same. Also, um, I kind of feel bad for Mickey, right? Because like, Mickey is literally just answering his questions. And the minute he like doesn't answer Hank in a timely fashion, Hank just like grabs him by the collar and shoves him against the table. Yeah, but like, I mean, obviously the fleet's doing this out of like, his emotion like act first think later no absolutely i i would really so, hope he didn't premeditate shoving a guy's face on a stove yeah but that's void yeah just void things but still but yeah anyway so we learn a little bit more information about melissa and apparently at work her boss becomes suspicious and suspicious of her over the last couple of weeks because they were working she was a paralegal And three of their 11 clients in a lawsuit were robbed after they received their payouts. And, of course, this is right around the time when Melissa started acting funny. So her boss is like, well, maybe she had something to do with it, but I don't know. She just started acting funny, you know, whatever. And then Ruzik, of course, makes the suggestion that maybe Justin might have helped Melissa start this robbery crew. And Hank is pissed. Oh, my God. That moment when Ruzik's like, Justin might have known about this and, like, Olinsky's side eye and then it's like coupled with like Antonio too they both have like a slow motion like did he just say that but then the thing that's so interesting though is like Hank or Al pulls Hank aside and basically tells him the same thing he's like I the kid's not that far off like I'm kind of thinking maybe he did the same thing I love that Al refers to Ruzik as the kid (laughs) so great um and then speaking about Justin, Al's like, wouldn't be the first time that kids found trouble. But then, and Hank just kind of refuses to accept that idea. And Al, this is like my favorite part. And again, still so heartbreaking. But he's like, hey, I'm with you on this till the end. And I'm just like, oh my God, we saw the end. We saw the fucking end, Gina. And literally to the end because of the whole Justin shit. Oh my God. We'll talk about that later. But like, oh my God. I know. I know. I hear you. This is the part that made me emotional this time that didn't make me emotional the first time. Till the fucking end. Till the end. And it all had to do with Justin. I, I mean, cannot even. Voight has to harbor a lot of guilt over Olinsky's death, right? He has to. He has to. Oh, it killed me. Kill, kill the fucking end. Till the literal end. And it all had to do with this damn issue. I I'm with even. you on this until I get stabbed in prison. And the last time and you I see me is on a prison. stretcher going into surgery. And I'm only in prison because I took the blame for you because I wasn't actually involved in burying Justin's killer, but I said I was. Mm. Okay, thanks. Anyway. So I then, will never be okay with that. I know. Ugh. But we'll get to it because I do want to talk more in depth about the ramifications. But anyway. So Antonio has this um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Why can I not think of the word? CI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the Fed. And he basically gives them the name Carl Hearns, who's been wanted for home invasions for a very long time. Apparently his MO matches the clients from Melissa's law firm. You know, people who have recently – received a big payout and then get robbed um and so they end up finding carl hearns who is the guy that we've been referencing that voight puts his face to a soap burner but before voight does that carl hearns gives up the name kevin bingham as the guy he used to work or he as a guy he works with sometimes apparently kevin kevin and melissa used to bang in high school and hooked back up after her husband died um, and she had wanted out of this whole home invasion thing for a little bit. And so she went to Justin for help to get her out. She went to Justin for help. I know. He wasn't involved in the robberies. He was trying to help her. I know. It's, it's so sad. Because Justin's a good guy now. Because He's not Justin from season one. He was trying to do what his dad would have done. I know. Literally. It breaks my fucking heart same anyway so then they go back to the 21st and we run into commander crowley and she tells voight that she wants him in intelligence to step back due to the personal nature of the case 
And she also tells him to think about the careers of everyone else in the unit. And she says, she's like, you step outside of policy, as I know you will, and you take them down with you. And Voight literally just responds. He's like, you want to take me off this case? You're going to have to put a bullet in my head. Can't believe he would make that joke. Oh, stop, Gina. (laughs) So sad. God damn it. I hadn't even thought about that. Can we not? (laughs) (laughs) But just like, it's so interesting when she says she's like, you step outside, like, you're going to take down the rest of your unit. Well, in some ways, he kind of did. He took down half the unit, essentially. Oh, my. With Al and Aaron. Oh, my God. Yes. And, like, theoretically, everyone else. But, well, again, we'll get to all this. But, like, Is that another statement that didn't prove itself true until, like, now? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is you don't think until now that we're done with season six, like, some of this stuff in this episode, like, it doesn't like it's a long term it has so many long terms of long term effects i cannot speak tonight dear lord Mm -hmm. but yeah it's wild oh my goodness it's wild so voight and co in voight and the rest of intelligence end up going over to kevin's half brother's house because they think that's where he's gonna be and he's not, but they demand to know where he is. And the guy, Dylan, ends up saying he doesn't know. And Voight just kind of casually shoots him in the leg. Okay, and- we got to talk about Voight here. Because, I mean, he goes way too far in this episode. Yes. And I I have this point later on. But, like, I really think, though, like, this is the ep- – like, you can argue in this episode that this is the episode that changed the intelligence unit and, like, got everyone else – more comfortable with how things are done under Voight because Voight was so extreme and they really saw him like kind of give no fucks about doing what needs to be done as long as justice is served in the end and I think like you could make that argument I don't say I necessarily believe it and I think you can see seeds of it but like this is a great example this scene is a great example of that it's a good point I mean I think they definitely they definitely understand after this episode why Void is the way he is or why Void right. operates the way he operates. Right. And that's what I'm saying is like you can definitely see the seeds of that idea planted. And again, it has to do with the split. There's the pre this episode and the post this episode. And I just think this is one of those scenes that like really, again, looking closer at it now, I'm like, oh, shit, this actually has a lot of significance, even though it really doesn't in the grand scheme of the story. I like really feel Aaron in that moment when she when Voight puts the guy's face on the stove and you see her just like recoil back and she's just like oh god because she's so torn because she's like she knows that he's gone way too far but at the same time you know she knows what information he's after and she understands well I think that also goes too with someone like Jay or Ruzek like they kind of all just look on and they're like what are, are we supposed to be stopping him like we don't really agree with this but like He's also our boss, and he just lost his son. Mm -hmm. So, like, what else are we going to say? Right. And, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Void. Is like, he does some really horrible things. But then I'm just like, but he's on the right side of justice. And I'm just like, "Ah, it's tough. Yeah. It it, it is really tough. Um, But, again, so we just kind of shoot. Dylan doesn't know. Void shoots him anyway. And just, like, plays it off. And, like, gives the gun to the guy sitting next to Dylan and, like, I mean, really plays it off. Like, there's going to be no evidence of someone that shot him. Um, So it's just kind of wild. But. Okay. The framing the other guy for it, though, that is too far. But it's Voight. I mean, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but it's Voight. Yeah. And that's where, I again, that's where I think all these seeds are planted. Like, it's Voight. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. Goodwin shows up at the 21st with bad news. Basically, Justin's brain dead and Olive wants to withdraw life support, but mm-hmm. wants to run it by Hank first, of course. Can we just talk about how, like, Goodwin coming to tell Voight, like, in person is just so damn respectful. Right. And also just, again, one of those things that we don't really know. We know that, obviously, Goodwin and Voight have probably been friends for a while, but, like, we don't really know their history like how they actually become friends it's like the head of one show just being respectful towards the head the head of the other show like it's just so respectful that she came in person and then when the first thing she says is like justin's not coming back the first time i saw that oh my goodness did i cry oh my god yeah it's yeah and like the look on aaron's face in this whole scene is just like 
You know? Oh, my God. Well, and to me, her not crying at that news, like, that shows me that she was trying to be strong for Hank and the rest of the unit. Right, because she cries later, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. But, um, and so Hank goes and sees Justin one last time, and he, you know, just kind of gives him a hug or gives his body a hug, and he's, like, whispers in his ear. He's like, you did good. Ugh. I just cue all the fucking tears. I, I, I can't even... Justin Voigt deserved so much better. So much better. But it, it, it breaks my heart that, you know, he died basically trying to do what his dad would do. Like, he was trying to help somebody in a jam. Right. And it's just... He's turning his life around. He was married. He had a kid. He was gonna become, he's going to get in the Signal Corps. I just... Don't turn your life around on PD. It never ends well. Oh, my God. For real, though. For real, though. Breaks my heart. And so going back, though, so back at where at the 21st, like, again, that was Voight's moment with him. So Aaron doesn't go. But Burgess is the one seen comforting Aaron. And that's just like, to me, was just so out of character. Yeah, this is back when they were really trying to force a Burgess and Lindsay friendship. But it doesn't work. No, I was never a fan of it either. It really did just feel forced. It, especially in this scene. Like, it just, Angela, one of our listeners, pointed it out, too. She's like, I would have loved to have seen JB there for Aaron when she got back from bed and and found out that, like, Justin wasn't going to survive. Same, yeah. And, I mean, I appreciate that Burgess was there. And, you know, you even hear Kim say, she's like, listen, you've been there for me. So if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. Like, it was definitely her just being like, listen, not your first choice. I get that. But... So I respect that. That's sweet. But I, too, would have liked to have seen Jay. It needed to be Jay. Yeah. It needed to be Jay. Mm-hmm. So Voight's obviously off at med. And Antonio is now back in charge, I guess. And Commander Crowley asks Antonio to come see her. And she kind of, like, at first she's approached him about, like, running intelligent when Voight assume you know it's assumed that Voight's gonna get in trouble for not following orders and so she's like we'd love for you to run intelligence blah 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 and then she pretty much just says that like you could be the guy like not even just about running intelligence like you're you know basically like you're the guy that follows rules and like you're a good cop and the attorney's just like no like I'm not gonna rat out you know like no just like no we're not doing this which is, again, I mean, it's a, it's a part of the Voight-Antonio relationship that will always baffle me. Is like they butted heads so much, but then, like, push come to shove, they were always there for each other. Yeah, they had so much respect for each other. Yeah, that, and I think that's what it is, too, is that they respected their different styles and, like, definitely knew that they were going to butt heads, but that it was never personal. Yeah. And so Voight obviously had this $90,000 reward out. And so he gets a tip from his guy, Rev, about where Bingham is. And so this is where it gets wild, y'all. Oh, my God. So Voight sends intelligence to this address. And basically so that he can go take care of Bingham himself the way that he wants to. So all of intelligence, Aaron's on her way there. But all of intelligence minus Voight shows up to this house. But there's, like, nobody there. Literally no one there. How, how did Hank, where did Hank have the, did, does he just have addresses of empty houses, like, handy? A pair, I guess so. And so they're all like, there's no one here. Like, what the fuck? And Jay calls Aaron. And, like, while she, while he's explaining this to her, she's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, immediately turns the car around and goes to the silos because that's where Voight took Spingham. Oh, my God. And, well, Voight shows up to the silos alone and the social club guys show up with Bingham. But semantics. <laughs> anyway. And so the whole time, Bingham's, like, pleading with him to spare his life and, you know, says, he's like, I have a letter from Justin to you, blah, 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 you know, all these things so that, like, Voight will spare him, but Voight ain't having any of that shit. And, you know, Voight just undoes the the barbed wire and basically tells Bingham to, like, start digging. And then Aaron shows up and also pleads with Voight to spare his life so that he can go to jail forever, but, you know, spare his life. And he just tells her to leave. That and, moment when she's just like, Hank, Hank, Hank. And then she, he just looks at her and it's like, Aaron. Like, it's like the Aaron herd around the world. Yeah. And so she does such that. She walks away. 
And then at the very end of the episode, we see Voight walk away towards the car. And the hole and Bingham are both no longer there. The hole is covered up and Bingham is no longer there. And that's... I think that moment when Bingham is like, I'll tell you what I told Justin just before he shot himself. And he goes to say, like, go fuck yourself. But they cut it and they kind of blend in the gunshot with the thunder. Genius. Yeah. It, But that's how the episode ends. And it's wild. It's so crazy. I didn't think Voight killed him. I, I thought for sure Voight was going to let him run. Wait, what? So, because, you know, it's kind of iffy, right? So, like, when, when you hear, like, the thunder or the gunshot or both, whatever, they cut to Aaron in the car. And so we don't really know if Voight shot him or what. Like, we don't know what happened. And so I pretty much spent that whole hiatus being like, Voight wouldn't have done that. Voight's got a conscience. Like, it's fine. Voight didn't do it. And then, like, we find out early season four, Carmine was like, yeah, well, what you owe us for Justin? I was like, oh, oh. Right. And I think, though, even going back now to present day, I still think it was Voight, or Voight was involved in the killing of Kelton. Um, That's why it doesn't surprise me, though. That, like, and I'm like, oh, shit, it could have actually been Voight. Man, I mean, where is that line, though, between, like, he, his role is to, like, enforce the law. I mean, he's, he's a cop. And so where's the line between him being a cop and him just straight up being Dexter? But here's the, again, here's the reason I think it was him or that he was involved. Why else would he have told Jay all of that? True. Like, if he didn't, he, he might not have done the digging or pulled the trigger. I'm not saying, because I'm saying Brennan might have. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm sure he helped hide that body. Or not hide the body. But you know what I mean? Like, helped, like, clean up and, you know, help her escape or whatever. Like, I'm sure he was involved in it somehow. He's If, if it's Brennan, he's definitely helping her escape. Right. And I feel like that might be it. But, like... Why else would Voight tell Jay all of that? But I also don't, I feel like if he's the one who killed Helton, Kelton, if he's the one who killed Kelton, he wouldn't have left the body there for intelligence to find. But maybe, again, why else would he have told Jay that either? If he, if he was in this case, he would have hit it well, just Hmm. like he did with Justin's killer. So many questions. Like, maybe he wanted to be found. Like, I don't know, you know, all these things, like, maybe he wanted to find out because it was for the better of the department and the greater good of Chicago if Kelton was dead yeah which is wild to think about but I like and it's again it's kind of the complete opposite if this is if we did kill Kelton it's kind of the opposite of how everything went with Justin's killer but like still that's why it's so fascinating to look at this episode now that we know how season six ended I mean and again if this is the case if Voight is the one who killed Kelton we're just repeating the cycle all over again I mean who's gonna take the fall for him this time we're gonna end up with nobody but that's nobody but that's a difference yeah because he's already said hey Jay like you're basically in charge now right okay so yeah yeah I get that that's That's why I'm saying like he it's different it is in some regards same cycle but he again this episode has so many ramifications because so many people's careers were ruined because of him in this episode. Oh, 100%. Like, you have Aaron. Yep. Who obviously helps hide the body, and eventually that leads to... You could argue that leads to a downward spiral, or it's not the thing that caused her necessarily to leave Chicago, but, like, it's part of it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, Al. Like, Al took the fall for this whole thing and ultimately ends up dead. Yeah, Al... I mean... Al's loyalty to Hank cost him his life. And that still bothers me to this day. Right. And I think you can kind of argue too. I mean, again, kind of like I was arguing earlier that like this is the episode that changes intelligence. I mean, it's hard not to see, even though it's very small, just like how this in because of intelligence changing, how this affected everyone from Ruzik to Jay to Antonio even like it all. It all played a part in everything that's happened to them since this episode. I'd say even Kevin. Kevin hardens a little bit after this episode, too. Wait, I was just thinking more in terms of, like, obviously Ruzik had the whole shit with um, Denny last year. And then Antonio obviously going through his shit and leaving to to go to justice and then coming back and his whole spiral. And then obviously Jay kind of spirals when Lindsay leaves. And so, like, I was thinking more about that. Kevin hasn't had that happen. But, yes, Kevin has hardened. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's hard not to see how much this episode affects everything that's happened since. Yeah. Which is wild. And I would have never thought about it until watching it. 
it blows my mind that there the, the ramifications of this episode are still felt three four seasons later yeah and especially like we said if it is Voight that killed Kelton or at least helped kill Kelton it's it's crazy to see how again like you said it's a cycle but it's a different kind of cycle yeah it's a great point yeah it, it's wild Um, but I will say Jessica said, she kind of shared some thoughts up. Jessica L said, you know, my only thought about this episode was that they will never let Voight be happy. Obviously for first his wife, then his son, then Aaron leaving. And then all of taking Daniel to live outside Chicago, Al dying, like Voight literally has nothing to lose anymore. Literally. I mean, all he has is the unit. But again, too, like that kind of makes sense. Then maybe why Voight would kill Kelton. Like, he doesn't really have anything to lose because he knows the unit will be in good hands with Jay. That's scary. Not the prospect of Jay it's leading so the unit. It's so sad. It's sad. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's totally sad. Yeah, it's really sad. This is so. why I, I just, I have, like, I see, if I got to talk to Jason Begay, it would be like a therapy session. I would just be like, so, so is Hank happy? Like, is Hank okay? Yeah. Oh, it's wild, though. So, so crazy. So crazy. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. That's the episode. I just, it's, it's emotional, even when you watch it now. It's, again, especially because there are things that, now knowing how like where we are going into season seven like the al stuff when al says like till the end like i'm with you till the end like he really was and it's just oh my god all the tears oh that breaks my heart my goodness yes so yeah yeah um any other notes about the season three finale no but i think it honestly in some ways made me more excited for season seven to come back Mm -hmm. because of now i've seen how like in some ways how planned out this has been, even yeah. though it's not because we're in a different, like we're with different showrunner now. So like, it's not been planned, but like just how far back, like it's just, Oh, like I'm just more excited. I'm like, bring me back. No, like, I'm right. Ready. I didn't even think about that, that it's a different showrunner right now. Right. And so that's what I'm seeing. That's why the divide is interesting because it's a different showrunner starting with season five. Yeah. But I think it's a different show after this episode. So I think with season four, it's a different show. Yeah. I agree with that. But, like, it's not, like, you know, that was at that point they were still under the same, like, showrunners. Right. So, it's interesting. Goodness. Well, yeah, that is about all we've got for this week. Um, As always, guys, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. We have a Tee Public store, so you should go check it out. Get some t-shirts. They're pretty cool. There's also other products that you can get. It's not just the t-shirts. So any design that you see, you know, you can probably make it into like a sticker or a coffee mug or things like that. So there are three new shirts that got released today. Go check them out. It is the, basically it's the, it's kind of, it's a squad goal shirt, kind of. It's just got all their names on it from each show. Definitely check that out. Uh, if you love the show, which we really hope you do, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I'm at Brynan K13. So we're taking next week off, uh, but we will be back the week after with a new episode. We don't really know what we're covering just yet, but we'll let you know when we do. So keep an eye peeled to social media. Everybody have a good weekend, and we will see you then. Bye.